It's no matter what you uh, what you do, no matter how hard you try, uh, no no matter how uh, how much attention you pay to every little detail, you still can't please them. No matter what you do, they're not going to be happy with what with, with uh, how how you act or how you re respond. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a boss. Uh, Maybe for you, it might be someone in your family, maybe a mom or dad or, or something like that. But whatever you do, you just simply can't end up pleasing them. I, I've got one that I remember that, that was like that. It was my third grade teacher. Do we have any third grade teachers here today? Whew, we missed it. I know we got a lot of teachers, but no third grades. Good. Mrs. Hales. I could not, she did not like me. Uh, she liked Mindy, my twin sister who was in the class. She liked... She liked uh, uh, Danny and Ricky and Randy and Datha and everyone else in the class. At least that was the way I felt. She liked everyone, but she didn't like me. It didn't make any difference what I did. I couldn't make Mrs. Hells happy. Now, the truth is it probably really was only in one particular area, my penmanship. I, my penmanship is, yeah, is horrific, if you notice, Rita. It, it's terrible. And she hated my penmanship, and she let me know. I mean, every time, and back then we had, we had a class or a segment, I don't know, it was a couple times a week, with just penmanship, where, where you had to write, and, and, and you had all the lines on the paper where all your letters were supposed to be perfect, and we'd hand them in, and mine would come back with more red on it than it did, than it started with on the, the pen. She hated my penmanship and took every opportunity to tell me how bad a penmanship person I was. Uh, I remember one particular time we were, we were doing a paper and she was walking around the room and I felt her stop behind me. I could feel her hot breath on my neck. I, she wore jewelry and I could hear her necklace rattling as I know she was standing there doing this. And I didn't dare look, turn around and look at her. But, but, and then one particular day, it was towards the end of the year, so it was April, possibly May, I was looking forward to being finished with third grade. I couldn't wait to tell Mrs. Hell goodbye and Mrs. Hales, let me get that right. Uh, well, maybe I was right both ways. Uh, uh, tell her goodbye and move into fourth grade, Mrs. Williams. Mrs. Williams went to our church. She would like me. Now, come to think of it, Miss Hales went to our church, too, and didn't like me, so maybe I wouldn't be any good. But I couldn't wait to tell goodbye. We had a penmanship uh, class and we turned our papers in we were doing silent reading while she graded and then she walked up to me and said Tim follow me I'm like I, you can't copy in penmanship so in fact she wanted me to copy and I wouldn't copy obviously so we walked out in the hallway and and she got me up against the wall and as I remember she picked me up by the chest and pinned me against the wall I don't probably didn't happen that way but that's what I remember and, and basically she said the words that I had feared that that made me tremble. She said, if your penmanship doesn't in improve, I'm going to flunk you. Oh, man. That is the worst thing you could hear in third grade or fourth or eighth or college, you know, whatever. I'm going to flunk you. Now, I went home and told mom. Mom said, she's not going to flunk you for penmanship, so life was good again. But, but I can remember that no matter what I did, no matter what I did, I couldn't make her happy. Truth is, I didn't make Miss Williams happy with my penmanship, nor anyone. If you see my writing, you'll, you'll, you'll want to flunk me as well. 
But let me, let me share a truth with you today. For some of you, you're already living under the reality of this. You're, you're living under the, uh, the hope of this. It, it, it's not going to be new. It's not going to be fresh. It's not going to be something that you didn't understand. It's going to be uh, like, yeah, I knew that. And, and if that's the case, then this just kind of reiterates the point, and that's good. But for some of you, uh, you you've been living under a, a, a misconception, and this might be some new information for you. Of, of all the people that we might struggle to please, some of those in your life, whether it's a third grade teacher, whether it's your husband, your wife, your parent, a co-worker, boss, wherever, wherever it might be, for, for of all the people that you struggle to please, let me tell you one person that is not in that list, one person that, that you don't need to worry about struggling with that idea, and that's God. The reality is, we know this from Scripture, that God can look at us and be pleased. God can look at us, his sons and daughters, and actually have a smile on his face and be pleased with who we, who, with who we are. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look in verses 8 down through uh, the end of the, or almost the end of the chapter, down through verse 20. And, and I want to talk about this idea, and, and we're going to see a couple realities that will, will come out of this uh, Come out of this text. Uh, if you're with me in, in Ephesians chapter 5, follow along. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Now we're going to come back to that because that's actually kind of a key uh, phrase and key verse. Live as children of light. For the fruit of righteousness consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And, and now catch this next phrase. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. Now, now, let me pause just there, and we'll finish reading this, uh, these verses in, here in a second. We, we see a couple things from that phrase, a uh, couple things I want to point out. First of all, since Paul says, find out what pleases the Lord, here's one of the realities, here's one of the truths that we can understand there, is that we can. Do you realize since Paul said, challenges us, and that's the second thing, when he challenges us, it's also letting us know that we can please God, that, that, that our lives and our, our actions and our attitudes and our purpose can give God pleasure. Do you realize that, church? Do you understand that the way that we live can be pleasing to God? I, I was there with, uh, with the birth of my children, well, three of, three of the four, and almost all of my grandkids, I, I was at the hospital. I wasn't in when they were delivered, but I, I was at the hospital. You know, a common thread that runs through every birth of my children and all of my grandchildren was once it was all over and the doctor handed me the baby or, or handed my, my daughter the baby or my, my uh, sons or my daughter-in-laws. Every single time when the doctor handed the baby, there were smiles. Oh, there might have been some weariness for the, the mom who went through labor. There might have been some, some you know, some, whoo, this is over. But, but there were smiles. Why, why, church, do we think God would be any different? Why do we think God would be any different? We know from Scripture that, uh, that he looks at us as being his children. Uh, in fact, we talked about the very first sermon in uh, in this series on Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 5, he says this, He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. If, 
if God adopts us into his family and that gives him pleasure, why, why would God be any different than us? That when we see a, a child that belongs to us, that's our son, that's our daughter, why wouldn't that give God pleasure? Do you understand that, that because we're part of his family, because we're adopted in, now he's the one that's done the work, but because we're adopted in, that brings pleasure to God. So here's the first reality, is that we, we can please God. See, God can look at us and be, be happy about it. He, he looks down from heaven and, and he sees Steve. And, and believe it or not, he, he sees Steve and he's happy about that. He, that's my son. Now maybe not, maybe he doesn't look a real lot like me, but that's my son. Or he looks at Dana and says, wow, I am so proud of my daughter. There's a truth there that that when we're called to to find out how to be pleasing to God, the reality is we can, that God can be pleased with us. That that should actually free us a little bit. Here's the second thing, and and it really is, uh, it's a challenge. Uh, Let me point this out. If we are pleasing um, we also can sometimes disappoint God. Uh, just, because, uh, just because we can be pleasing to him, we can certainly let him down. A, a child can let a parent down for sure. We can let God down, but overall, God is, is pleased with us, and he challenges us, he challenges us, Paul does here in Ephesians, to live in such a way that we can please him. Let, let's see what he talks about here. He, he talks about, we're going to point out at least three things that, that he points out. Uh, in this text so let me go ahead and finish the let me finish reading but let me start again in verse 8 for you were once darkness but now are light in the lord live as children of the light for the fruit of light consists in goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the lord and then he really goes on and kind of talks about that have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything is exposed by the light becomes visible for it is light that makes everything visible that is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing we need to do. We need to, be, we need to be consistent. Notice what he says in verse 8. For you were once darkness, and he contrasts that now, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Now, let me point out, let me point something out that, that is subtle, uh, and yet it's not. It it's subtle to us, but to a, a Greek reader, they would have realized that Paul was making a distinction here. It, it's kind of a small thing, and yet it's also huge. Notice what he says there. He doesn't say you are in the light. Other places in Scripture it does, and, and that's fine. It's, it's okay to think that way. That, that's true as well. But here Paul, Paul makes a distinction, because Paul here says you are light. Last Thursday night, uh, or last Thursday afternoon, we were in California all last week, and we, we drove from Southern California 
uh, near the beach up to uh, Palm Springs or Palm Desert, California, actually, to visit my niece. On the way back, we were driving through the desert. It was dark. Uh, the traffic was a little bit lighter, finally. And, and the moon was shining. Really, it was kind of a weird-looking moon. It was about a half a moon, but it really was kind, of, kind of looked weird, but it was really cool. Now, now the moon shines, but, but you know this from, from science. The moon doesn't produce its own light. It, it simply reflects the light from the sun. It doesn't produce its own. Now, now there's reality there. We talked about that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. We're, when we're to imitate God, there is truth there that we need to reflect God. We need to be like him. But that's not what Paul says here in this verse. He says, you are light. What he's saying is, you're the sun. You're not the moon just reflecting. You are actually light. Now, he does add that qualifier in, in the Lord. So, so lest we get pride, prideful, it's not us that creates that. It's, it's because we're in God. But he literally says, you are, you are light. We need to be consistent then with the person. We need to be consistent with who we are. Because the reality is we are light. What pleases God? He says to find out what pleases God. Well, what pleases Him? You know what pleases God is when we live like He's called us to live. When, when we are doing what He's called us to do. I, I have two of my sons, uh, oldest and youngest, Brian and Caleb, that later uh, this fall, later in October, are going to run a marathon. It'll be their first marathon. Uh, they ran a half marathon last year, so this year they signed up. They're going to run a marathon. Let me, let me point out a couple things. They're not going to win. Uh, there are going to be hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people. I don't know how many run in this Kansas City Marathon. There, there's going to be all kinds of people that are going to get to the finish line before them, but they don't care. They have two goals. Here's the first one. You, you want to know what the first goal is? Anyone? finish that's their if they crawl across the finish line they'll be able to get their medal and get their t-shirt that says I ran the marathon and forever and ever they can put that 26.1 sticker on the back of their car I've run a marathon uh, th they want to finish doesn't do us do them any, they've been training for months working their way up last Saturday they ran 20 miles that was their longest run to date uh, and 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 they've been training doesn't do them any good to get halfway through and like, man, this is hard, I'm quitting. So number one, they want to finish. There's actually some, there's some really valuable stuff there for us as Christians, isn't it? Doesn't, doesn't Paul over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, I've, what do you say, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Uh, so there's good application there. We're, we're called to finish. We're called to see that finish line and keep, keep our eyes on it. But here's the second thing, the second goal. They're not going to win, but they've got a time that they're shooting for. Now, I wish I could tell you what it was. I should have called and, and asked. But, but, but th there's a certain time that they're after. I don't know, two and a half hours, three hours. The reality is when they finish, the guys that finish first will have already got back to the motel, taking a shower, probably sitting down eating lunch, and Brian and Caleb will still be trotting along on, on the trip. But, but they know what they want to run. They want to run it in two and a half, let's say, two and a half hours. They want to run nine-minute miles maybe. And... And they're going to shoot for that. If they run too fast, they're going to die. If they, if they see the excitement and everyone take off and they, they run their first mile in seven minutes, man, they're going to crash and burn and, and want to quit. 
so they're going to run their nine-minute mile. Uh, if they go too slow, like, man, this is hard, then they're going to be disappointed. They, they know what they're capable of, and that's what they want to do. What pleases God? It pleases God when, we, when we're light, when we do what God's called us to do. See, as Christians, we're simply called to be light, to be him. He, he describes it, we, we won't go into detail here, but he says light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Light consists of us being like God. That's what he's called us to do. We need to be consistent with who we are, consistent with the person, but we also need to be consistent with our past. Look at verse, uh, verse 11. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. In other words, we're called to look at our past. We're, we're called to see what we've done, where we came from. We're, we're called to look back there and have nothing to do with that, to understand that it is what Paul says, fruitless. We, we need to do two things. First of all, we have to identify our past. And that's what he's challenges here. If you're going to live like light, understand what you used to do, understand where God has taken you from, and realize I can't go there because that doesn't produce anything but pain and suffering and sorrow, and it doesn't produce anything that lasts. While we were in California, uh, we got there Saturday. Sunday, we, we drove up to Ukaipa. Uh, and, and had lunch with some friends of ours, Scotty and, and Christy and their, their family. Uh, Scotty was leaving that afternoon to, uh, to drive down to Dana Point and was going to go fishing, deep sea fishing with his church. group of men, the, their church had, had chartered a boat to go deep sea fishing. I don't know who the chairman of the board is. Wouldn't that be a good idea for Troy Christian Church to charter a boat to go deep sea fishing? Of course, you're going to have to fly us all out there, but... But let's do that. Let, why don't we put that on the, the, the plans? Uh, there's a lady going to say, okay, you do that. You've got to take a shopping church, but uh, uh, maybe it won't work. But anyway, Scott was going on uh, a deep-sea fishing deal on Sunday night. So I called him about, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, I, I called and said, Scott, how would the fishing go? Uh, did you catch any? And, you know, he told me a little bit about it. And, and we were talking, and then he, he made this comment. Uh, he had taken his kids to soccer practice. He said, well, I've been riding my bike. I'm, uh, I, mean, I, I need to start exercising. Scott's a firefighter. And, uh, big guy, but he's put a little weight on, and, and then he made this comment. It kind of caught me off guard. He said, let me ask you something. I, 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 I've been worrying about this. I need to exercise, but I'm afraid. He said, I used to exercise all the time, and, and when I did, it really was for the wrong reason. I, I exercised so that I would look really good so that people would notice. And he said, I exercised so that, that and I said, Scott's a big guy. He said, when, when I lifted weights at the firehouse, other guys would stop and watch me. And I love the fact that they pointed out, man, you're good. Man, you can lift. You know, he said, and, and this is key. He said, but that was the old me. Now I'm a new man. See, Scott went through a, a transition a few years ago, and now he's just really on fire and living for the Lord and trying to change his heart and his whole life. He said, that's the old me. Now the new me, I'm afraid. Really what he was doing, now I could I tried to give him some encouragement. I said, Scott, I've never been worried about exercising. I try to, but I, I, don't, I don't worry about looking good, obviously. So uh, I said, I can't help you a whole lot there. But, but what he was doing was identifying his past. 
He was identifying the darkness. He was identifying things that led him astray. And by doing so, then he actually was prepared to handle that. Uh, and, and in so, uh, uh, please God. The other thing we need, we, we need to identify, but we have to be careful that we don't idealize. It's very easy for us to look at our past and, and uh, start to think, wow, the good old days. I've talked to several guys that are Christians that, that talk about their past. Yeah, yeah, back when I was in college or back when I was younger, man, I used to, and they'd, they'd start talking about the stuff they used to do. You know, man, I'd, I'd get so drunk I wouldn't know where I was. And every once in a while I've seen guys just kind of smile like, wow, those were good days. But the reality is they weren't. <laughs> they they might have had fun that night, but the next day and the regret and the shame and all the other stuff that came along with it. So, so you have to be careful that we, we identify, but also that we don't uh, I, idealize. Instead, we expose it to the light. Uh, how, how do we make God happy? Uh, we're consistent with who we are as a person, and, and we're consistent with our past and understanding where it belongs. But he goes on and says this, that we need to be careful. Look at verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We need to be careful. So what Paul says here is we need to be wise. Not as unwise, but, but as wise. Paul, Paul tells us here that we can please God. Uh, Paul tells us here that, that we're light, but he kind of reins it in just a little bit and, and draws us back and says, now, be careful, though. Be careful that you don't look too much to yourself. Be careful that you don't get too haughty. Uh, be careful that you choose wisely. My, my daughter... Crystal was a junior in high school. Her and my son Joel were working at Worlds of Fun for, for the summer. Actually, there was about five or six kids from our community that, that were all going to Worlds of Fun. So, so they usually would carpool, try to get their shifts together. But there's one particular summer day, uh, Crystal was the only one in the community that was, was working. She had to go to work, I don't know, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it had just started raining. It was just sprinkling a little bit. And before Crystal left, and you've got to know Crystal, she is a, how do I put it politically correct? She's a terrible driver. Uh, if she comes here sometime, just go up to her and just kind of smile and laugh at her a little bit and say, I hear you're a good driver. Crystal has, uh, uh, well, she's had several wrecks. She's, she, put, she put a car in a ditch because I was only driving 55 on a gravel road. Um, she, uh, uh, she put her car in another ditch and rolled it over on its side. She backed into a garage door. I think she's done that a couple times. Uh, her, 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 her best one, though, is she hit a, hit a guy on a bicycle. He was fine. You know, she, she gave him a little money, and he was fine. But I don't, it's my daughter. So, so I knew what kind of driver she was. So she's getting ready to leave. I said, Crystal, be careful. It just started raining. The roads are slickest right now. There's oil. There's, there's rubber on the road from traffic. And with a little bit of, when that moisture first hits it, it's, it actually slicks. And I could tell that she was looking at me like, you don't know what you're talking about, Dad. I got that a lot from her. And uh, 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from Daryl Pierce. Daryl says, she's fine. Crystal's okay. But she's had a wreck. She's here in my driveway. You might w- want to come get her. 
Well, she went around an S-curve and slid into the ditch, wrapped her car around a tree. She was able to drive out of the ditch and over to Daryl Pierce's house uh, in tears. Dad's going to kill me. Uh, I didn't. wanted to, but I didn't. Be careful. See, I had wisdom. I knew, the ro- I knew how she drove, and I knew how the roads would be slick. Be careful. See, Paul challenges us to, to, to be wise. We know later on in chapter 6, uh, Paul points out that the, that the devil has schemes, that the devil is out for it. He tells us to, 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 to put on the full armor of God to protect ourselves because it's difficult uh, out there. He also tells us uh, to be open. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil we have to be careful be wise because we can get sucked in but he also points out hey be open to the opportunities the reality is in a dark world your light you're going to stand out have you ever had the power go off if you're you're like us at our house uh we're not smart enough to put a flashlight and keep it in the same place we just keep moving around. So when the power goes off and you're trying to kind of find a flashlight, we're stumbling around trying to find, a, find the flashlight. And did, did any of you do this? You walk into a room to look for the flashlight because it's there, and you turn the light on so that you can help you find the flashlight. You're like, oh, you dummy. <laughs> but once you find that flashlight and turn it on, it changes everything. Because you couldn't see, but now with light you can see. Paul says, be careful, but be open to the opportunities. Troy Christian Church, our opportunities are endless. The, the world around us is dark. They may not realize they're in darkness, but, but there's hurt and there's pain and, and there's struggles and there's darkness all around us. And we have a unique opportunity to be light if we're careful. And he also says be filled, verse 18. Kind of an odd verse. Uh, 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 Yeah, verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Did the church at Ephesus have a problem with drinking when he says don't be filled with wine, don't get drunk on wine? Maybe he was just contrasting uh, being filled with wine versus being filled with the Spirit. But you know what I think he really means there with that idea of don't be drunk on wine, it leads to debauchery. I, I think literally he's talking about all worldliness. Don't be filled with worldliness and the lure that it has instead be filled with the spirit we're we're to be consistent we're to be careful and then he puts a challenge in front of us we're to be comforting look at verse 19 speak to one another with psalms hymns and spiritual songs sing and make music in your heart to the lord always give thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ now, now, this is a little bit of a troubling verse because Paul tells us that we're to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What in the world does he mean? Are we supposed to walk up to one another? Bruce, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't know that I'm supposed to always talk in psalms. I don't know that that's what he means. Now, the truth is, there may be a time the Lord puts a scripture on your heart and, hey, just share that with someone. Right? There's truth there. It, does he really want us to go up to someone and start singing now now if you're silence or, or or katie or someone that has a beautiful voice i would welcome that you can come up and sing to me all you want 
Now, if Pick walks up to you and starts singing Amazing Grace, you might say, it's amazing, but you're not, and, and ask him to, you know, hey, can we get someone else to sing the song to me? I, I, I don't know. Maybe Pick sings great. Is he really, does he really mean here that we're just supposed to? I, I, didn't, I didn't see Jesus doing that in Scripture. Now, he quoted Scripture, yes. I, I didn't see Paul being oh super spiritual in all of his conversations. Did he quote Scripture? I'm sure there's Psalms. I'm sure maybe he's saying a couple. I think it really is our, our actions are, are motivated by that. If our heart is filled with his word, if our heart is filled with spiritual songs, if our heart is filled with God's blessing, then it affects us. So people see it in our action and they see it in our attitude. Verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Uh, The the reality is I think we're called to live in such a way that that's the spirit that we give to people. How do we please God? Well, first of all, we can. If we're called, if we're challenged to do it, if we're challenged to look for actual ways, then the truth is, God does look down, and wow, he's pleased with us. That, that's exciting. But, but how do we put it into practice? Well, we have to be consistent. We, we need to be consistent with who we are. We are light, so live that way. We need to make sure we check our past and realize what it is, that it's darkness, and stay away from it. We need to be careful to be wise, to make wise decisions, be open to opportunities that God gives us to show that light and to be filled with his spirit and we need to, with our life, be comforting in our actions and our attitudes. Let, let, me, let me finish with this. Does anyone here know Errol Bolt? Donna, you know Errol Bolt? I thought if anyone, you might, Rita does, I knew you did. I thought you might. Errol Bolt is someone that God looks at and says, man, I'm pleased. God looks at him and... <laughs> And he says, you are light. He, he looks at, at, at Arrow Bolt and, and says, you're doing what I've called you to do. None of you know Arrow Bolt. He's, he's not famous. He's not rich. But I bet you know who his cousin is. Any of you ever hear of Usain Bolt? Fastest man in the world. Gold, was he three gold medals in a row or three Olympics in a row, maybe four, whatever it is winning uh, the 100-yard dash, and I think the 200-yard. Uh, Usain Bolt is probably the most popular man, most known man on the island of Jamaica. Errol Bolt's cousin. He's popular. He's rich. He probably can't go anywhere on the island of Jamaica without people coming up to him and wanting to, to, to get his autograph, to take selfies with him. In fact, I saw a picture here after the Olympics. He was in London, and people came up to him and wanted to take selfies with him. Errol Bolt could walk almost anywhere on his island and people wouldn't know who he was. Not famous, not rich. But, but he trained to be a preacher at, at Ozark Christian College back in the 70s when Reed and I were there. And, and he went back to his home church that, that was struggling with about 30 or 40 members. And, and he loved on people, and he taught them God's word. And the church grew, and it grew. And they started a second church, and then they started a Christian school, and then they started an out, a medical outreach into their community. And, and when God looks at Arrow Bolt, he says, man, I'm pleased. The reality is God looks at us. 
when we are his light and it pleases him. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that we have this truth, that we are your sons and your daughters. And Father, just like we held our children in our arms and our, 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 our smiles were, were huge and we were so thrilled, we were so excited, just as our, our kids continue to grow and, and, and make it through school and get married and have kids themselves. Father, we're, we, we, just, we just beam with pride and we're so pleased uh, as parents. Father, we know that you look at us the very same way. You've called us to live in such a way to please you as well. And Father, that's our challenge, to be light in this world, uh, to live in such a way that people see you in us. Father, help us leave this place motivated, encouraged, strengthened, white by the knowledge, but also motivated and challenged by the opportunity to show others life in Jesus' name. What, what a blessing to know that, that God can see us and smile. Our challenge is to live in such a way that you're here this morning and you need to make a decision, we'd invite you to come. Would you stand as we sing our decision?